Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's because my humor is somewhat twisted, um, and so you just need to know that right out of the gate. But I've always enjoyed reading books that, uh, whether it's a, a book or a magazine article, that kind of takes an unconventional approach to instruction or, or teaching. Uh, uh, article like how to ruin a round of golf. You know, that's that would pique my curiosity a little bit. And if you were to read that article, it would give you some helpful hints on how to mess up a game of golf. And it'd be things like uh, bring your spouse along. That'll that'll mess a game of golf up for you. True. <laughs> you know, or uh, bring a uh, honest scorekeeper with you. That could mess a round of golf up. Uh, Disallow mulligans and give me's. And if you don't play golf, that is uh, uh, golfer's language for cheating, basically. And it's kind of accepted. You know, for me personally, uh, I need to bring like a dozen golf balls with me. That, or otherwise, I'll ruin my game of golf. And uh, I, I think when you read an article like that, it helps you get a perspective. It, it helps you in that, that learning process. You know, on a more serious note, uh, author Paul Myers, in his book, uh, he uses this kind of backhanded uh, approach to teaching, and he has suggests there are some surefire ways that you can take normal children, normal healthy kids, and turn them into psychopathic criminals. And uh, he says, you know what? You can do things like uh, don't, don't ever enforce the home rules. In other words, let them grow up thinking there are no consequences to anything, that that'll, that'll mess a kid up. Uh, he says, you know, always uh, give in to their temper tantrums. That way your children very early understand that manipulation's the key to controlling you. Or uh, give them a huge allowance and don't expect anything. You know, just uh, give it to them. That way they can grow up thinking that the world owes them. Uh, another thing he talks about is don't ever require them to do any chores. That way they can become very proficient at an early age at being irresponsible. And he goes on and on. I mean, he makes a lot of suggestions, but you, you kind of it's a tongue-in-cheek thing. Well, we're in this series, Revolution, and we've been talking about that God wants to do a revolution in your life and in mine, and, and that God wants us to be a part of a great revolution, and that's sharing the cause of Jesus Christ with a, with a world that, that's hungry and searching. And we said that this is a revolution that Faith Fellowship is dedicated to. And so today what I want to talk about is spiritual growth. You know, the Apostle Paul, he writes these words, in the Colossians, he says, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. The expectation, Christians grow. Christians grow. And so I thought we would take this topic and look at spiritual growth, but I want to sort of do it backhanded. And so uh, I think this will especially be helpful for those of you that have made a decision in your life that you want to regress spiritually. You want to go backwards. Uh, maybe you sat on your patio one day and uh, you, you thought long and hard about your Christian life. And so what you did was you got out of your chair, you made a decision, and you said, you know what, I am deciding here and now 
to engineer my personal spiritual recession. I want to go backwards. I, I want to sit here a year from now and have a weaker faith than I had a year ago. I want to be able to, to say with confidence that I feel farther away from God than I've ever felt, that, that I am committed to experiencing new levels of detachment from God, from, to be alienated from God instead of having spiritual closeness where, where we've moved closer and closer together. And so I want to say if you've made that decision today, if you want to regress spiritually and go backwards, today's your lucky day because we're going to talk about what you need to do. Because if, if we're going to do that, I think there are some proven steps that will stunt your spiritual growth, that will help you in that endeavor. And so I guarantee, the guarantee this morning is if you apply this stuff, if you really get a grasp of it, you will experience spiritual regression in your life. And the first thing you've got to do right out of the gate is cut back your communication with God. You know, if you take Christianity and you strip it down to the core, it's about a relationship with God. It's not religion. It's not a creed. It's not a set of ideologies or some conservative lifestyle. It is profoundly a personal relationship between God and us, between human beings and our creator. It's connecting with God. And the reality is that there are thousands of interactions, I mean hundreds of them in a day, just between you and God. I think that's what Paul was talking about when he wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5. He writes these words. He says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all things, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. In other words, growing Christians, faithful followers, they pray without ceasing. It's this connection all the time, 24-7, connected to God. It starts from the moment you get up in the morning. First thing in the morning, you're laying in bed, the alarm goes off. If you're like me, you hit the snooze a couple times. But at some point, as I'm kind of waking up, it's, hey, God, it's a new day. You know, I'm glad that you're interested in what's happening in my life. I'm glad that, that you're here and that no matter what I face today, that you're willing to help me, you're willing to see me through, that I'm, I'm your child. And that brief morning interaction is just a little piece of what's going to happen through the day. You see, I believe that a growing Christian, a growing Christian that's just natural, that as you are growing as a believer, that you connect with God. I mean, a growing Christian, as they were traveling to work, might, might take and listen to teaching, might listen to Christian radio, might have a CD with Christian music in it, and, and they, they give their heart to God. And what happens as you're listening and agreeing, you begin to connect. You begin to, to say, you know what? I do believe that. And it allows God to connect with you. You know, later in the day, uh, a growing believer might take and open their Bible, and they, they'd probably take and read a passage and allow God to, to just speak to them, maybe ponder it, think about it privately. Uh, 
And, and what you find as you study God's word, you learn more about God. You learn what God's like. You learn how God wants to work in, in your life. Growing believers, I mean most growing believers, take and they schedule their life around these moments. They schedule their life around like getting together this morning for the purpose of, of growing or worshiping or, or teaching or fellowshipping. And the fact is, it becomes a priority. And so they, they've learned that some of those most significant moments, those most powerful moments, happen in the context of community. See, I believe mo most everyone here, if you've been coming very long, at some point you would say, I, I understand that, because you could attest to the fact that you've sat here in, in a service like this, and you've connected with God. You know, maybe it was in the message, maybe it was in a song or a drama. And even though there, there are hundreds of people around you, it was a private moment, true? And God stirs your spirit and you connect for just a moment. And, and some of you, as you're leaving the auditorium, you'll say something like, man, I'm glad I was there today. I, I would have missed that. God, God really spoke to me. And, and so dedicated believers, growing believers, make it a priority. They, they schedule their life around them. And what I'm driving at, what I want you to hear is that the heart and soul of a growing Christian, they cultivate moments for personal interaction so, so that they can, can grow closer, so that they can connect with God. So if a believer ever decided that they wanted to regress spiritually, go backwards, one way that you could achieve that objective is just cut back the frequency, cut back the, the depth of interaction with God. You ask any expert about relationships, and if you were to ask them, how can I make my relationship go south, they would tell you, cut back communications. For, for those interested in going backwards spiritually, I believe step number one will, will help you. It, it'll be quick. It'll be dramatic. It'll give you the results of moving further from God. Just cut back, you know, to, to make it practical, you know, because I do not want anyone to leave here kind of go, what did he mean? I, I just didn't get it. I'll spell it out. Prayer time, if you have a prayer time, cut back. If you, you spend five minutes with God, cut it in half. You know, in fact, just cut it out all the way. Don't communicate. You know, morning prayers, get rid of them. Mealtime prayers, who needs them? Huh? Praying with others in small group, put an end to that stuff. Knock out the number of times that you interact with God. Think about God less. Stop this nonstop dialogue. And whatever you do, all right, don't allow your dialogue to go very deep. Keep it shallow. Don't pour your heart out to God. Don't share your sorrows and your heartbreaks and all the stuff that, that you carry around. Stay superficial, and whatever you do, do not worship God. You know, because what happens if you start telling God and worshiping God and saying you're, you're worthy, you're gracious, you're merciful, you're wonderful, you're powerful, and all that stuff, it's just counterproductive. 
You know, you're not going to get further from God. You start doing that kind of stuff, and you're going to find that your heart moves toward God. That you begin to connect with God. Because that's what worship does. It tends to launch us forward in our faith. And remember, you, you don't want to do that. You want to go backwards. Absolutely stay away from the Bible. If you want to go backwards, I mean, you could own a Bible, but don't read it. Just let it sit there. Let it collect a little dust. You know, you could open it, just don't read it. And if you're doing that, I mean, you've got to understand, this is dangerous stuff when you open God's Word. God's Word is powerful. It always produces growth when you read it. It challenges us. And and don't go someplace where they teach. Like this morning, this isn't a good thing. You'd be insane to put yourself in a position where God could speak. I mean, don't, don't schedule your, your life around a service like this or don't schedule around home teams because what you're doing is putting yourself in danger. You know, I could list hundreds of people through my ministry that I have watched that were committed to regressing spiritually. They had the best intentions and they were devastated by a single message by hearing a, a, a song or, or a drama, and, and, it, and it moved them. And you see, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, and it messed up what they were trying to do. And that's keep God at a distance. So if you're serious, if you're really serious about going backwards spiritually, getting further from God, don't take a chance. Because you might connect. Just cut back. And better yet, just cut out all communications so that God can't connect with you. That's the first thing you could do. The second thing is don't focus on God. Occupy your mind with an all-consuming passion other than God. You know, from cover to cover, God's Word says that the, the Bible is there so that we can grow in our faith. That it advises us to, to grow in our faith, to keep in mind what's really important in life. You know, what, what life's all about. You know, Mark 12 says, love, your God, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. We sang about that earlier. It's about keeping God in the forefront. Jesus said in Matthew, he says, seek first the kingdom of God. You know, and God, all God's purposes, seek that stuff. And I like what Paul says. Paul says, keep your mind centered on things above. Don't get all lost in the muddlings and concerns of this life. You know, all this stuff, we get it twisted around. See, believers who, who follow that counsel, they, they keep God at the forefront of their minds on a consistent basis. What happens is they wind up growing. They get closer to God. They become strong and, and vital. They become a contagious Christian. They're able to touch other people's lives and ultimately mark eternity, as we've been talking a lot about these days. And so obviously, obviously, if we want to regress, if we want to push God out and get further away from God, you need to occupy your mind with that all-consuming passion, but don't let it be God. It needs to be something other than God in your life. I mean, you could do what a, a friend of mine, I'm going to call him Joe, okay? That's not his name. But 
Joe's a real person. And Joe, when he hit about 40, I watched him shift gears. And he decided that he was going to increase the vocational octane in his life, that he was going to expand into more businesses and kind of push that throttle up a little bit. And friends, I've got to be honest, I've watched him for a couple of years now. And it's not pretty. It's not been pretty at all. And in fact, his dreams, they've become obsessions in his life. And things aren't working out the way that he thought. But if you were to talk to him, he would tell you he thinks success is just around the corner. And so he just keeps pressing it. Now, the bad news? The bad news is his marriage is on the rocks. His kids... They're frustrated, they're, they're angry, because they don't get to see him as often as they used to. And his employees, I, I doubt that they respect him, and definitely they're having to work under a lot of pressure in their lives. And I'm concerned about his health. Now on the bright side, the good news, Joe is spiritually regressing beautifully. It's, it's tough to, to watch. I mean, he never was strong spiritually, but I can tell you, and I believe he would tell you, he's a lot weaker today than he was two years ago. Now, somehow, he's been able to just squeeze God out. Now, you should know that if you have that kind of passion for something other than God in your life, it will take you down that same road. I've seen people that are committed to to spiritual regression in in their life, and they have used a a variety of preoccupations to achieve that objective. It doesn't have to just be business. You know, it can be pleasure-seeking. It can be power-brokering. It can be accumulating stuff. You know, whatever we pursue with all of our heart that's not God Friends, in the final analysis, it will mess you up. It will take you backwards. Just pick your poison. We've all got different things that we could put in the forefront. You know, I I saw Joe this week, and uh, you, you would have thought he'd been gloating about the fact that he's achieved getting further from God. That wasn't the case at all. In fact, I'll be honest, there was a desperation in his eyes and in our conversation. And I just wonder, I just wonder if he's starting to have second thoughts about some of the choices that, that he's making. Don't focus on God. That helps. Limit your contact with other Christians. I mean, lots of people that are committed to going backwards spiritually in their life, they've got this idea that you can hang out with fired-up Christians and not be affected. If you are not intentionally steering away from fired-up, fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you, you're going to get burned. You're going to get burned. You know, that's why Paul, I think, presses Christians so often about connecting with one another because he understood that as you connect, 
you grow as a believer, that, that you begin to expand in your faith. He wrote the Hebrews, he says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. You know, I, I know a guy that kind of hit the wall in his faith. And for, for years, he was a committed follower, and, and you could see him growing. But because of some of the failures in his life and some of the personal struggles and, and things, he kind of got derailed at a point, and I think he was just going through the motions. And finally, finally, he just got strategic one day. And he didn't make any bones about it. He just said, that's it, I'm done. I'm going to free fall back into my old life and the way things used to be. And he did a good job at it. And I, I remember playing, playing ball with him and, and talking to him. And uh, I think, what happened here? But he did something really naive. There was a group of guys that, that got together and they, they kind of cheered one another on spiritually, held each other accountable and stuff. And, and guess what? He joined that group. Bad move. Bad move. You could have predicted what was going to happen in his life because within just a short amount of time, this guy that had been regressing from God all of a sudden, without even realizing it, he began connecting with God through, through the love of those guys, through the support, the encouragement, through the prayers of those guys. All of a sudden, he started moving toward God and relating to God and growing. And oh my, it was, it was ugly. It was terrible. I mean, if you want to stay away from God. See, if you really want to lower your spiritual life. If you really want to get a greater distance between you and God, you cannot run the risk of hanging around other Christians that are excited about their faith. Stay away. They're contagious. They'll seek to understand you. They'll try and help you. They'll try and support you and encourage you and walk you through the trials and the problems of this world. They'll pray for you. And before you know it, all of a sudden you're moving toward God and they just mess up your whole plan of staying away from God. Don't get in a conversation with a fired up Christian. Don't eat meals with them. Don't spend time with them. Don't open your life up to them. Whatever you do, all right, do not join a small group. That will mess you up. There, there's no way... See, this is what I believe. There's no way that you can experience spiritual ruin in the context of authentic Christian community. I, I watched a, a couple in our church that uh, they're kind of coming out of a long season of just trials and, and tests. And to be honest, they've had the perfect opportunity to spiritually regress, but they didn't. They didn't bail. They, they walked through that stuff with committed Christians by their side, supporting them and encouraging them and, and stepping up and helping them and listening to them and getting involved in, in their lives and just being there. And friends, I can tell you that their faith today is stronger than it's ever been probably. Because, you know, what I want you to do is learn from their mistakes. Stay away from them. Christians, they'll mess you up. 
They'll mess you up big time. They look innocent, but they will devastate your dreams if you want to get away from God. They will. Now, there's one more thing. And if all these other things don't work, I guarantee, I guarantee, take it to the bank, this one will mess you up spiritually, and that is lie to yourself. Just lie to yourself. If you lie to yourself long enough, what happens is you become spiritually deceived. You, you come to a point where you're, there's self-deception. I mean, I think about a, a guy, and I, I could name lots of them through history, but think about like Saddam Hussein. You know, he's setting deadlines at one point. He put the world on notice. He, he really believed that he was going to destroy the UN forces. And as they were poised on his border, he still talked about that he would rally the troops and ultimately would maybe rule the world. Absolutely deceived, even though people around him were saying, this isn't good, this isn't going to come out well. And you and I both know people that have deceived themselves at that kind of level. And to be honest, it's just scary to, to be around an individual like that, the, the, where truth no longer registers. They're, they're a prisoner of their own imagination. Reality doesn't really matter because it's not their reality. Good advice, they scoff at it because they, they think they know. You know, self-deceived people tend to spend further and further and further from reality until they just self-destruct. And we've seen that in people's lives. And it's just hard to watch. But I can tell you the best way, if that's what you're interested in doing, is lie to yourself. Just lie to yourself about stuff. You know, Paul says, do not be deceived. God's not mocked. For you reap whatever you sow. You may deceive yourself, but the truth is reality is still reality. We will reap what we sow. You, you, you want to tank out spiritually? Learn to lie to yourself. You know, devise a, a shady little plan, a, a little sin, a little greed, a little twist, a little shell game in your life, whatever it is. And if you allow yourself to lie, what happens? I mean, let me walk you through this. What happens is like a buzzer goes off initially. It's called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, this isn't right. This is sin. This isn't what God wants. But if you're committed, if you're committed to regressing spiritually, what you do is you learn to lie to yourself. And pretty soon you can kind of muffle that buzzer in your life. A little rationalization is not quite as loud. And over time, that buzzer keeps going off it's a little less noticeable, and you do it enough times, friends, and you'll quit hearing it all together. It all starts. It all starts just learning to lie to yourself. You know, here, here's, a, here's the flow, kind of getting real practical. If you decide you're going to cut back on communicating with God, if, if you really do it, if you take that step, that buzzer goes off. I mean, in a believer's mind, the buzzer goes off and says, you know, you're... You miss God. You miss God's love. You know, God always gives you encouragement. You know, you miss being close to God. But if you lie to yourself enough times, see, the buzzer goes off and you go, I know I'm drifting from God, but I don't really miss God. In fact, I like the way things are. If you lie to yourself enough times, 
you begin to deceive yourself. And you will convince yourself that you are better off without God. That's how it works. It's just that simple. When you're committed to going backwards spiritually, and you decide, you know what, I'm going to push God off the top shelf in my life. We're going to put money up there. We're going to put stuff up there. We're going to put pleasure up there or fame or whatever. And so when you do that, when you get down that road and you finally realize in your mind that the new God that you've propped up doesn't really satisfy you, doesn't measure up, instead of hearing the buzzer and responding and saying, you know what, God, I'm sorry. I I thought something else could fill my soul. But it's empty. And it isn't working. Instead of doing that, if you're really serious about getting further from God, you go, you know what? I'm not disappointed in my trinkets. I'm not disappointed in these trophies and these fun fixes and all this stuff. It's worth it. It's what life's about. I'm happy. I mean, I'm delirious over this stuff. And pretty soon it just gets in your mind. And guess what? You quit hearing the buzzer. You pretty soon you're, you're trapped in your own delusion. Because you know what? Lying works. It works. Do it long enough, you won't miss God. Do it long enough, you'll find yourself further and further from God. When, it, when someone that's committed to that says, you know what, I'm not going to hang around Christians. You know, I'm not going to hang around people who are full of life, that walk with purpose, that are connecting with God. And you know what? I'm going to replace them with friends that are kind of walking aimlessly through life, you know, living happy hour, you know, self-seeking, all about themselves. And they'll let me down, they'll use me up or whatever. But if you're committed in those quiet moments, I believe that the Christian, they begin to lie to themselves in that moment. And they'll say, you know, when I was hanging around Christians, that wasn't really real. It wasn't that important to me. It was just a phase. I mean, it was a time of weakness, and I'm a lot older and stronger and wiser now, and I don't need those relationships. Who needs Christians? And you tell yourself that long enough, friends. And you'll start believing it. Self-delusion. It's powerful. It's a surefire way to take yourself and just regress down that road. Now, here's what I know. While I've been talking, while I've been speaking on, on this topic of growth, some of you, some of you have been going, oh, come on. I mean, it's not as serious as he's making it out to be. Come on, give me a break. Give me a massive break. you got to be kidding me on this one. It's not that big a deal for me to be away from God. The stakes aren't that high. Some of you, that's what you've been saying. Others of you, well, you're not very good at lying to yourself. And so you've been sitting there, And what I would tell you is you need to practice lying. I mean, if you really don't want to get close to God, you can't let the Holy Spirit get in your head like that. 
practice it. I mean, start small, but you need to be working at it if you're going to stay away from God. Here's what I promise. If you can do that, if you can just shut those buzzers off, quit listening, and create that bigger gap, what, what will happen is you'll get further from God. So time's wasting. Start pushing it. That's four simple ways. If spiritually you want to go backwards, if you want to regress, if you want to ruin your, your spiritual life, there's four ways you can do it. Now, you have to do your part. You know, we're always talking about don't be hearers only, be doers. So if you're really bent on having a life really far away from God, you need to get to all that stuff. Now, one more thing. Just in case anybody would like to grow closer to God, just take everything that we talked about and turn it around and do the opposite. And do it with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength, everything in you. Christians, God created you to grow, to grow in your faith, to grow in your life. I challenge you, be people that grow. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, we know that you have created us fearfully, wonderfully. You created us for a purpose. And God, I pray that Everything in us would chase you, run after you. God, help us to be about the things that will help us grow in our faith, that will stretch us, that will most of all help us to become the people that you called us to be and created us to be. God, give us strength, give us wisdom. May all we say and do be pleasing in your sight. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.